to be very, very good, I think you've got to have this obsessiveness or this whatever it takes mentality. But I mean, it is a it's a tough balance, you know. You're trying to be a good dad and um, make sure you're d- doing the right thing by your kids, and um, you know, you. I mean, I, the staff that work here are just incredible, loyal, hardworking, resilient people. But I mean, there is a, a point where you <laughs> start breaking people's spirit. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. And as usual, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Cowboy Magic. Karen, today we have a special guest. Yes, we do. You've seen his super shiny horses out, uh, only at the Olympics. Yeah, and even, even at home. Even at home, and at the AECs as he gets this <laughs> big $30,000 check. Boyd Martin. Hey guys, how are you? Doing good, buddy. Thank you so much. Cowboy Magic, what do you think about those guys keeping your horses? Mate, the, uh, the horses have never been so shiny. I've even look at my hair here, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Got a bit in the shower for myself. Uh, great company and uh, great products. And uh, we're, we're really, really, really happy with their support and uh, and everything that they've done for our horses. Yep. Yeah, so, great people there. Everyone over there at Straight Arrow. We, you and I visited Straight Arrow, in, yeah. uh, in the factory in person. I, great, great experience. Uh, you'd never, you never ever realize what goes into to uh, making shampoo. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I did take a couple wrong turns. So we were a little bit late, but uh, you know that's all me. So yeah. thank you, Cowboy Magic, and thanks, Boyd, for sharing in this uh, spot with us. Thank you. Triple Crown Feed. Oh man. yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. Um, they have uh, t- tons of, of great products out there, mm-hmm. premium stuff. Um, Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. It Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have yes. a great feed com- comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. So, Karen, I see you over there on the Fairfax and Favor website. What do you have picked out next? The new Charlotte Gillet. Ooh, Charlotte Gillet. Very fancy. What is the Charlotte Gillet? So, they do have a Charlotte jacket, which has the long sleeves, but the Gillet is a vest, which is great for the fall. Pumpkin spice weather. It goes well with pumpkin spice, Karen. Pumpkin spice weather, yes. And it's perfect for layering. It even has a really nice detachable hood. And also has a antique brass finish belt buckle. Ooh, yes, which, that belt buckle does set it off. Yes, it does. That's very, very cool. Yeah, so if you want to check it out, go on their Instagram and their Facebook and their website, which is fairfaxandfavor.com. And also go ahead and join their club, Fairfax and Favor, on Facebook. Yeah, the Fairfax and Favor Club does have special club only little things you can purchase. Yes. So. yes. Join the club. Join I like Fairfax and Favor. They yes. even have cool stuff for me. Karen. Yeah, they do. They even have men's stuff. Awesome. But well, thank you so much, Fairfax and Favor and, and Karen. I love seeing you in Fairfax and Favor. Yes, I love wearing it. RJ Equine Kinetics is a full service conditioning, training, and rehabilitation center providing a unique program tailored to each individual horse's needs. Yeah, some of the services they provide they have a water treadmill, a cold saltwater spa, a vibrating floor 
equine massage, vet-administered class 4 laser treatments. They provide educational tours, individualized feeding programs for your horse, round-the-clock attention. They also offer trailer-in services, equine transportation, and a limousine service. And some of the examples for the use of their equipment are for horses experiencing poor performance, lameness, and gait abnormalities, horses needing to improve fitness and strength before competition season, a way to balance asymmetries and rebuild muscle after atrophy, and returning to training after surgery, trauma, or injury, or prehabilitation. Learn more about RNJ Equine Kinetics at RNJ Equine on Facebook and EQKNETX.com. That's EQKNETX.com or RNJ Equine. Join us at the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, October 14th through 17th at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone located in Elton, Maryland. One of the only seven equestrian events of its kind worldwide. You will experience the thrill of eventing with equestrians from around the globe. Enjoy a beautiful fall weekend in the country with activities for the whole family. To learn more and purchase tickets, go to maryland5star.us/tickets or call 410-MD5-STAR and follow Maryland 5 Star on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates from beautiful Fairhome, Maryland. See you there. Taylor Harris Insurance Services. There for all equestrians, amateur and the professional. For all types and all breeds. No matter what discipline or level, Taylor Harris is committed to excellence in serving you and protecting the horses you love. Taylor Harris Insurance Services, your worldwide equine insurance specialists. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. Super excited, Karen. Today we are sitting in a gazebo between a dressage ring, right off the dressage ring, and the beautiful Windora USA, Boyd yeah. Martin's location. Boydie, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Super, super. Happy Labor Day. Yeah. You gave the whole, the whole team off today? Uh, yeah. I didn't even realize it was a public holiday. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unfortunately, if you... You do horses, you you uh, you don't get the luxury of public holidays so much. So uh, yeah, it's business as usual here at Windura. We had a yeah good days training. Uh, Mondays is um, all the horses go in the pond in the uh, exercise conditioning pond we call it for twenty minutes, and then they do dressage. So um, with all that rain, the pond's pretty full. So everyone's got wet shoes on. <laughs> oh, <at the> moment. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Anyone gets in agriculture, forget about having any days off, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so Olympic, Olympic, you know, you're just getting back from um, the AECs, the Olympics. So we're going to talk about a little bit of everything. So what do you say we just go in order, start with the Olympics? Does that sound fair? Just have at it, mate. I'll, <laughs> you ask a question, I'll answer it. <laughs> Very cool. So first of all, how is Thomas? Is he back in work? Thomas is good. Yeah, he actually is uh, the first day back today. So um, oh, nice. we, uh, you know, it's a, a grueling trip. You know, obviously the the build up and the training and the preparations huge, and um, then we had to fly the horses to to Aachen to Germany, and they had to do two weeks um, in Germany to um, to do their quarantine. Then they had to fly to Tokyo, and that was a massive trip. Do the Olympics, and they had to fly back to Germany. Don't ask me why. <laughs> and then uh, then they had to fly back to America. So yeah, poor old Thomas was just uh, he was exhausted at the end. So it gave him. 
We gave him three weeks off from actually the time he got home, so it was probably four and a half weeks vacation since uh, the competition. And yeah, first day uh, walking walking today went for a, a hack. Actually, Stephanie, my my head groom, uh, is in love with him, and uh, she, <laughs> she took him for a, a nice trail ride for about. 40 minutes an hour today. Yeah. What's that look like bringing him back from something like that? What's that schedule? It's, it's um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird time of the year. Obviously, um, he's, he's come through the event with no injury. Um, that's the, the first thing to make sure that they're good and healthy. And I think the vacation's more, they, they're just, they're a bit sick and sour of people and, you know, these intense uh, championships, they're, you know, just thousands of people around them all the time and they, and it's more of a mental vacation. Um, you know, and obviously, what are we, uh, September now, so it's a bit of a weird one if if uh, we bring him back into work and maybe I'll do an event right at the end of this year or maybe not. Um, you know, I think uh, obviously you're, you're forever trying to improve them, especially in the dressage and show jumping. And uh, so I think I'll spend a month here just hacking him and just doing some, you know, a bit of jogging and cruising around the farm and then uh, we'll get going with dressage and, and probably – probably some show jumping and maybe take him to try and at the end of the year we'll see how he looks wow hmm. i'm always curious how how you how you bring a horse back from something mm-hmm. that that big the travel you mentioned the travel how how big of an effect do you think that had on you guys as the riders and the horses or any effect at all yeah i mean i've got to be careful i don't want to sit here and you know come up with all these excuses why uh why we didn't do better i mean the reality is i, I do think it was a disadvantage but for the American horses, you know, I think if you look at all the other countries, they basically went from their home base, flew to Tokyo, Tokyo for a week and then competed. If you're an American horse, you sort of had to, you know, fly to Germany, then sort of let them get over that, put a bit of work in them, then fly to Tokyo. So, mm. you know, we did miss a, probably three critical gallops. Uh, and you know how you feel when you travel, you know, you you're a bit knocked around by the time change, uh, change your hemisphere. Um, you know, I, I I do feel like our horses were a bit sour and a bit sick of it by the time the event started. But you just got to be careful. You're not also coming up with reasons and excuses for not not delivering. Um, and I think all three of the American horses did pretty good. Um, by saying that, none of us did like a personal best, which was. A little bit, a little bit disappointing, you know. But you always want to want to hit the ball out of the park at those big ones. So, um, and I think the the three riders performed rode well. They didn't choke, and um, you know the horses were just not not quite at their best in that critical moment. Gotcha. Yeah. Now you were away for a whole month. Do you? Was there any sort of effect on the horses back home? Was there a setback with them? Or anything like that? Uh, to be honest, m- middle of summer, um, you know, our, our big events are in the spring and the autumn. So I, to be quite frank with you, I, d- I don't like eventing that much in summer. I think it's bloody hot. The ground's rubbish, hard usually. Um, and, uh, you know, so basically for me, I'm lucky. I've got a couple of very good riders that help me. Um, Silver obviously jumps on the upper level ones and does a bit of dressage for me. Um, I've got a an Irish show jumping buddy called um, Oliver McCarthy that came in and jumped my top horses a couple of times. And, you know, it's, I've been through these championships, um, you know, every couple of years. So you sort of get the hang of 
you know, you know the the young horses like the three and the four year olds actually had a couple of weeks rest. You know, a couple of the horses that have been going hard all year sort of had a couple of weeks break, and then so did the others. So, uh, and on top of that, I've got an awesome group of staff at the moment and good riders, and um, I felt like when I got home, the horses were all in good shape and and ready to go. So. Great. Very cool. Very cool. Great. And Luke 140, he was originally named to the team, but unfortunately he had a slight injury. How's he doing now? He's good. He's uh, yeah, it was a real bugger, actually. I mean, it was a combination of a few things where he didn't get that much of a rest after Jersey just because Jersey to the Olympics was, you know, the Kentucky horses had a couple more weeks break. And he's a bit young. And looking back on it, I think I went, I was so fired up that he was going to the olympics and he and to be honest he's he was a bit green for what what we were about to head into okay. so i i think i was over training him you know i was cross-country schooling him more often than i should have been and, and over bigger jumps and and then i was certain that i was going to have him really fit so i was galloping him flat out and um anyway horses will uh uh, put you in your place. So uh, he's just uh, taking it easy for the rest of the year and then we'll, we'll, be, we'll get him going um, early next year. Gotcha, gotcha. Great. <clears throat> when you come back from the Olympics, anytime there's a championship, the sport's always evolving. Do you do you think that, uh, like, is there anything, any any takeaways? Like we were talking to Chris Barnard, the show jumper, course designer. He was saying that he was thinking they were using like really flat cups. Like, do you think there's any, mm-hmm. this new format with the Olympics, what, what do you think? Is there any difference in training that you would have for an Olympic course that then – you're normally doing. I mean, the one thing I would say is um, the the quality of horses now, I think, are, are so much better than they were. Like my first um, WEG was in 2010 and, and first Olympics was 2012. And I'd, I'd just have to say the standard of horses now has is, is gone to a different level. Like those top five, six, seven horses at Tokyo were just unbelievable athletes like if you watch them jump their second round of show jumping like they look like they hadn't even done anything <laughs> you yeah. know and they're uh, you know i think the riding has gotten better um but the quality of horses now is that that top group of horses is is remarkable and i think that's um you know something I, in america you don't get exposed to that much because we're sort of competing against each other a fair bit um and uh, it, I think it's good that the Americans sort of send teams over to Bukalo and Arkin and and just as a little, you know, you 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 get get to get exposed to what you're up against. Yeah. Do you think that the <clears throat> the difference between the, the Olympic format now? Well, first off, how'd you like that Olympic format? What do you think of that? I'd say it's good. I mean, the one thing I would say is that you know every championship is a completely different event. You know, like you'd think that. Yeah, well, thinking of the the couple Olympics I've done, which is uh, London and then um, and then Rio and then and then uh, Tokyo, I mean they're just so different, you know. And and you know this uh, this event in Tokyo was was basically a four star short, but in a hundred degree plus conditions, um, you know. So you really needed a fast, nippy, zippy horse. And then if you think back to Rio is more of a five-star big jump, proper 11-minute track, you know. So it's sort of – the WEG seems to me like that it's usually a big five-star track, sort of similar to Kentucky, Babington type thing. And then these Olympics are, are shorter, more sort of sports car, twisty turny, and then obviously you've got two rounds of show jumping at the Olympics. So 
um, you know, maybe you got to keep that in the back of your mind when you're setting your horses up or you're selecting your horses that it's a it's slightly different animals yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, and some riders are suited better to to different different styles of events. Yeah. Do you well, if you're shopping for a horse, mm-hmm. are you are, are if you're shopping for yourself? are you looking for a horse? Like, is, is it to the point now where you would say, this is what I'm shopping for a five-star horse. I'm shopping for an Olympic horse. I'm, sh-, you know, because the sport does, it's two mm-hmm. different types of horses now between a, a big Kentucky horse versus a. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, I, um, initially I used to just think five-star, you know, when I'm picking a horse out, I'm like, right. Okay, can this thing ju- gallop for, for four miles? Can it jump a meter 30? And is it trainable? Um, so that that sort of used to be my mindset, and then I used to be just absolutely anything less than sixty percent thoroughbred in the horse's breeding. I just I wouldn't even look at. Now, now I've I've done a one eighty, and you know I've I've got horses here and selected horses that have you know forty percent, forty five percent, even just got a new one that's thirty five percent that you know looks like it's got a good gallop and a good stamp and good jumper. You know, with the idea that Okay, if this horse might not be ideally suited to um, to take to Burley, but it, it might be a great Olympic horse. So it's a little bit like show jumping where you'd have your indoor horse, your outdoor horse, your derby horse, your high jumping horse, you know, where yeah. in eventing with the professionals now, like you, um, you know, you might have slightly different horses that could be suited to different different tracks at the top of the sport. Yeah, man. You mentioned a new a new horse. Is that a new horse that's here? Is this a horse people have seen? Thirty five percenter. Um, it's actually a it's a sad one actually. Annie, Annie Goodwin's horse. Mm. Um, uh, Annie's parents uh, have very kindly sent me up her her top horse, um, Bruno. Yeah. And so he uh, he's a great horse actually, and uh, it's the one that I mentioned that he doesn't have a whole heap of thoroughbred in his pedigree. But I, I took him for a gallop the other day, and holy hell, he blew me away. Of like, he's just <laughs> got a real engine and a real gallop stride, and um, and it goes to show how much I know, you know, because I uh, <laughs> I initially thought that he probably didn't have the the um, engine or the power for what I want um, in a horse, and um, and after you know galloping it up i thought holy this is more more than i need you know so it's a it's a lovely horse obviously it's a, a horrible a horrible way to to get the ride on the horse and um very very grateful and privileged to be riding um him i was you know fortunate enough to coach annie a bit and um got to know her parents a bit and uh it's a you know it's a real real privilege that they've um sort of sent sent bruno this way and uh we're going to give him a whirl um at the end of the year most probably heading him towards Tryon. okay very cool yeah that's how we met annie we met yeah. annie at stableview right. yep. coming to visit you guys and um we met her we met her corgis that's why we're into corgis i mean she's such a wonderful <laughs> person we just, we, again we talked to chris barnard just a couple weeks ago and we asked him if there was a horse that he's you know watched go around his show jumping if there was ever one that he wanted and that was the horse yeah. she's a great girl i mean it goes to show how unfair life is um, you know, I was lucky enough to sort of coach her in the last four or five years and she, she, everything was just starting to fall into place for her. You know, she'd really, really hard worker, just a great person and, you know, got a farm in Aiken. She was getting, she had a great following with clients. She had some owners buying her horses. 
she'd worked so hard to get Bruno all the way up to this four-star, five-star level. And, you know, she, she's six months off achieving her lifelong dream of competing at the five-star level and, um, and mm. just had, the, you know, this, this horrible accident schooling and practicing and uh you know life's not fair because uh i mean you couldn't get a a nicer person a harder working person a honest honorable person you know just a good girl and um and then that happens it was uh crushing we we sort of got the news when we were just about to leave for tokyo when we were in germany it was just a, a shattering shattering um you know bit of news yeah well, hopefully we get a lot of followers of Bruno and maybe yeah. a whole new, you know, in her memory. Hopefully he can, mm. you, you can take him, take him far, you know? Yeah. How old is he? I got to check. I think he's like 11 or 12. Oh, um, primed. Yeah. And she, um, I don't know, I've just been working with him for a couple of weeks now and um, I'd ridden him a little bit when I was training him and um, he's a great horse. As you said, just a unbelievable jumper, like just pounces off the ground and, uh, on the flat, he's, he's beautiful. Um, she's done a, a wonderful job schooling him and training him. He really knows his stuff. And um, and he's, he's a quirky horse, though. Like, he, he's a bloody hard to catch. So you've got <laughs> to ride him in the morning, then put him in his field. And we made the mistake the first day of putting him in the field and then took all day to catch him before we could ride him. Oh, so. no. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. We got to actually watch our own son out there riding. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's looking good. What's a, a new horse for him? Uh, yeah, it's actually a lady who I work with. That's her horse, and she heard Joe rides, and yeah. next thing you know, she's contacting him. Good. Hunter rider. But she yeah. brought that horse to be a hunter horse. And right. We said, nah, that horse isn't a hunter. That's an eventer. <laughs> <laughs> so, Looks nice. Yeah, it's cute. Awesome. So you have another championships next year. Is this – is would you rather have had a year off before you kind of had your eye on the wag, or, or do you like this kind of one one to the next type of thing that we're dealt with now? Oh, it is what it is. I mean, you got to roll with the punches, and um, you know, I think to compete for your country and ride at the championships is um, is a huge honor and a privilege. And and for me, anyway, every every opportunity you get get to 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 compete at that level is just uh, you know it's what I live for, and. Um, you know, it's 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 takes it out of you. It's a it's not as glamorous as you think. All the the build up and the selection and then the training and then the the pressure of the competition. Um, you know, it's uh it seems glamorous, but it's 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 a hard grind. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, I think uh, next year's uh, America's got some some great horses. If you look at the the lead lineup for Bukolo, um, and Arkin, there's some top horses there, and then obviously. We've got Maryland Five Star coming up, which I know we're going to talk about later, and that's going to be another group of top horses and, and try on. So I think if um, I think America's looking pretty strong for next year's world nice. world championships. Oh, yeah, it's not all it's not all sushi and bathhouses. So I have a question <laughs> before we get off the Olympics. Is it true that Philip paid you like twenty five bucks to keep your shorts on in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, I gotta tell you, it's bloody it's it was boring as hell because when you're in uh, at the Olympic Games, you you because of COVID, you weren't you weren't you were either at the venue training your horse, and we had to wake up at like five o'clock in the morning, get out there by six, and get our riding done at six in the morning because it got by ten o'clock in the morning it was impossible to ride. Wow. Yeah. And then if you wanted to ride in the afternoon, 
yeah, yeah, it sort of came back at six or seven o'clock at night and rode under lights. Uh, just because, so the, basically everything just completely shut down. Now, on top of that, the ter- everyone was terrified of COVID, so we were in complete lockdown. So you're basically in your hotel room uh, or you're at, at the venue. So we were lucky that um, we could go to the um, Olympic training facility where we got to see the physio and then they had, uh, you know, a, a hot a hot tub and uh, a cold plunge as well. So Philip and I sort of went there every second day and yeah worked with the physios for an hour or so and then jumped in the the hot spring and cooked ourselves and then uh and then uh jumped jumped in the cold plunge that was uh that's good yeah do you think this time last year you were still like if, if people remember we did like a, a video with you you were on crutches and all that we were at, the, at your ring do you think this time last year if the olympics were last year do you think you're 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 physically would have been up for it yeah i mean i had a prick of a year last year i had four surgeries in 12 months um, wow. Now, two of them were optional surgeries. So, um, but basically, I tore my groin three times, and then I had hip surgery once. So, I mean, last year was it was a nightmare, just forever healing up, doing the physio, getting riding again, do a couple competitions, get hurt, <laughs> and do the whole yeah. process again. And you know, you know, I was sort of looking back, and it was actually quite a lot to be proud of because you know I'd come back and just in time for a couple of the big events and did really well there. <laughs> and then, and so, uh, but you know, my physical health, I mean, it's a great reminder. It was, there was a lot of dark moments last year where you're thinking to yourself, God, if my body doesn't hold up, what the hell am I going to do? You know, my, we owe obviously so much money on this farm and I feel like I've got so much more to achieve and, and do in this career. And I've got horses that could, you know, the sky's the limit with them. And if, I keep breaking down like it's what am I you know it's very very depressing so it's but in the same time it was a good um it was a good moment to say look if you want to keep doing this for a long period of time you're going to have to get healthy you're going to have to get strong you're going to have to look after your body you're going to have to change the way you do things and and not ride 10 horses at competitions and you're going to have to set aside you know hours every day to to stretch and do yoga and physiotherapy and um you know, and I got to say, I quit drinking and um, uh, tried to get healthy, um, eating correctly, and then you know, putting putting time into my own body. And there's been a, a lot of benefits. Obviously, the main reasons just to make sure that I can do what I want to do on a horse. But um, I feel better. You know, I think I feel like I'm a better person, and um, and. Um, I feel reinvigorated, re, you know, brand new, and and uh, I do truly think that I can go for another twenty years. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I know, that's you did. You 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 told me once there that you had some serious. I mean, you, not everything was public in your health. There were some serious, scary moments with your health. <laughs> you know, it was, but yeah, I'll leave man, that between you, you and me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have your health. You got nothing though. And uh, I mean, we we all have a. We all know people that you know that uh, are crook, and you'd do anything not to not to be sick. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. This segment is brought to you by Taylor Harris Insurance Services. Get all your horse insurance needs by going to thishorseinsurance.com. That is T H I S horseinsurance.com. 
Yeah, so the AACs just happened. You just got back. Congratulations Thank on you. your yeah. win. Yeah. He's rich. This, He's rich yeah. now. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> just won the $60,000 Adequan Advanced Final with On Cue. Mm. And she's on fire this year. Yeah, she's yeah. awesome. She uh, obviously did really, really well at Kentucky and then and then this. And, um, you know, for, for a couple of years here, she's sort of, She's been a, a horse I've been in love with, but it's she's been, uh, you know, it's always been one thing or another. And, and then all of a sudden this year, she's really clicked into gear. And um, she went to Germany and was sort of the backup horse for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like we did a lot of intense focused training with her just in case we needed her. And um, she's just, uh, I love her. She's uh, everything you dream of in a horse. She's uh, elegant. She gallops. She's a mover. Um you know, she's a, a bloody nice horse and, uh, you know, I think come come Maryland five-star, if I can ride her really, really well, she'd be a good chance there. Oh, that'd be awesome. How do you think she would have done at the Games? I mean, she, her and her and Thomas, I think, are neck and neck. I think they're both beautiful on the flat. They're both uh, great cross-country horses. Uh, the show jumping for both of them is tough. Um, um, they're, they're good jumpers but not like sort of – freakish careful sort of okay. thing so um you know I've, I've been lucky enough with um peter wilds uh, coached us a lot this last um 18 months and um you know he's done a remarkable job of really customizing the training for both horses and um you know q in the past has had a couple of poles down and she uh, she jumped unreal at the aec mm-hmm. so i thought she she put in a great round so yeah um you know, I think 50% of it's my riding and if I can give her the right ride in the ring and then the other 50%'s the training that we've put in. She's stronger now. She understands the game and um, she's a top, top horse. Do you have a preference mare gelding or, or and do you see a difference between them or is it just horse, other individuals all around? No, I mean, I, um, no, I, uh, this is America, diversity, mate. <laughs> uh, no, I... You know, obviously, uh, i got to say I love mares. I think good mares are, are, are unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, if they're a good horse and they've got the attributes that that I want, it doesn't matter if they're gelding mare, Dutch, German, American, doesn't matter. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so the show jumping was under the lights for both AECs and the games. What effect does it have on a horse? And also, do you ride it differently? And also, do you plan on doing more of that in your training? Um, I love it. I think it's a bit of atmosphere. Like at the AECs, there was uh, everyone that was competing there. Like there was a thousand horses there. They could all come and watch and spectate. There was a, a VIP tent that looked like they had a disco going on while we were oh, jumping. Geez. And, um, you know, Tokyo, there were zero spectators. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I love it. I think we're lucky enough at Tryon, um, in the spring, um, event, we can, we, they do the jumping at night. Um, makes for a bloody long day though. I feel sorry for the staff a bit because you know yeah. they got to be there first thing in the morning, um, and that uh, you know there's, uh, it makes a, a day that if you start at five or six in the morning and you're jumping at you know nine or ten o'clock at night, long day. But um, I love it. That, to answer your question, I I find that it it doesn't the horses that I've got at that higher level. It doesn't matter if it's um, day or night. I mean there are shadows, and you know I suppose a spooky horse could be a little bit wary of the shadows on the grounds mm-hmm. but the the rings we're jumping in you know obviously in tokyo and kentucky and try on they're they're 
they're purpose built for jumping at night, so it's sort of as good as you can imagine with the lighting and the the course and whatnot. So I think it's uh, definitely the AECs. It, it felt more pressure just because there's more people watching, and I know it was uh, it was cool. Do you still feel pressure? Yeah, I mean, I think pressure is a, a good thing. I think if you you're feeling pressure, it's a privilege. Um, if uh, you don't feel pressure, it means you're not not doing something exceptional. So uh, I enjoy pressure. I, I um, you know, I I, I I think that's the the pressure or nerves or excitement, whatever you call it. Um, I think that's sort of what I thrive on. Or, or anyone that's competing in this sport, you know, it get, gets you up and. There is definitely um, a, a big sigh of relief or satisfaction when you get the job done, and um, you know I think the the pressure at the Olympics or the is more for me would be just this nervousness of failing, you know, of, of you know I completely feel like I belong there. I feel like the horse can do really good there, and you know the thing that terrifies me is is in that moment when it really counts of not riding well or something going wrong. And I think that's what keeps me awake at night um, mm. of, of trying to make sure that every everything's been done in the preparation, everything's well, the work's been done and, and that you know every step of the way that you, um, you know, you don't get a second chance in, in that moment, you know. And so um, that's the pressure I, I think that you've experienced at those big events that, you know, deep down, I'm sure I can do it, but it's making sure that you you execute and and ride really, really well in that moment. Yeah. Mm. Man. Mm. The um, do you ever? This is a little off topic, but do you ever on like a five star? You ever see a jump and just say, "Holy smokes!" Like, is this jump? Like, do you ever, or have you pretty much seen it all now, and you're not even phased? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's an interesting um, dynamic. So you walk the course, and then you. You know, I'm never worried about getting hurt. Like it just doesn't bother. Like that part of it. I know that sounds weird, but at that part, it doesn't scare me. Or you know, I just accept that that's part of the life I've chosen. That every now and then you're gonna crash and burn, and hurt yourself. That's fine. And um, I suppose looking at a jump, knowing that your horse potentially could have trouble. Like say, uh, remember Steady Eddie used to run out at left corners, yeah. and I, uh, you know, I walk around a course and there'd be just like this. No, you know, gnarly left-handed corner that would keep me up at night, knowing <laughs> that the the horse that I'm riding um, hates that type of jump. Um, and it's interesting walking the courses. Is you know, you, with these big courses, you often you walk the track and there's like one jump or one combination. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is how can we do it?" And usually that jump rides really good. <laughs> And then there's another jump somewhere else on the course that no one was really worried about that everyone's having trouble at. So it's sort of, um, you know, you you, um, you got to be careful getting too too um, dialed in and focused on one particular jump. But the the guys that are designing these courses, so you got Derek DeGrazio and you know Captain Phillips and a few of these other good guys. They're so good at designing courses. Ian Stark, like they've. They just know what they're doing, and they've done it, and they've made they've made mistakes before, and so they pretty much know that what's going to work and what's not going to work. And to me, that's a comforting thing, knowing that the guys designing the course that it's not their first go at this. You know, like they sort of got a sense and an understanding of what will work and what will the horses understand, 
and what the, the, the you know the the field's capable of. So. You did pop off on Ludwig. Yeah. Can you take us through that? Do you, uh, do you mind? Like, I'm yeah. Kind of get inside the head of Boyd yeah, Martin. Yeah, no, it's a bugger. I mean, he's um, Long Island T's been uh, a bit hit and miss his whole career. To be honest, he's a he's uh, done some remarkable things. He was the horse of the year a couple of years ago. He's won the AECs in two thousand and nineteen. He's he's third at Galway four star long. I think Fairhill he came second one year at the four star long. So he's had some unbelievable results. But then he's had some. Some moments where he's come up short. He's a little spooky, a little little looky, um, and a little bit short striding. And uh, at the ACs, he was going awesome. Like yeah, I was. specifically prepared him for this one by just taking it, schooling him really low jumps, keeping him confident, <coughs> and, and ran him actually in a prelim at Fair Hill. Uh, and he was going like a dream. Um, sadly, I dropped my whip halfway around the course. So. Oh, no. Rookie move. Yeah, <laughs> rookie move. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, it was going so well. It should be right. And then uh, the third last jump was a, uh, a coffin. And it's if anyone knows Kentucky three-day events, that 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 f- huge sort of mound with a sh- over a hanging rail down this steep hill to this big gawky ditch up a sh- sh- really – Steep embankment, two strides over a vertical rail, and yeah, and, and that that's been one jump that Ludwig, I don't know, he just doesn't like. And so we got over the rail, and then he like spooked at the ditch and sort of did this bunny hop, and then we landed in a heap. And then I tried to yar him up over the rail, and I just got there completely in a half stride or on a wrong step, which, um. You know, for a horse with a bigger stride or whatever, could have still hopped it, but he's sort of was discombobulated. And uh, for a moment, I thought he was going to jump, so I sort of went with him and he he pulled up and then I popped off the side. So. It looked pretty graceful, though. It didn't look like that. Yeah, yeah. bugger, actually, because uh, it was the best old. He's, uh, Ludwig's gone for a long time. He like, looked fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So it was a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah. I'm going to blame that on Frankie and. Uh who, who was with Frankie? Was it there? Kelly? Oh, Kelly, yeah. I think they were saying you were looking green. Yeah. It's a bugger. I think I could nearly see the finishing line from where I fell oh, off. So. Oh, that was good. We were once watching it. I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm. But the uh, a day in the life of Boyd Martin, so you'll win the ACs. It's you know, eight, 9, 10 o'clock at night, whatever it is. What's how long does the celebration go? And like, you know, how, how, like if, if how did you. How did your night go between there and when you got home? Like, how quick are you back to work, and how quick are you back to thinking about yeah. the next the next competition? Well, I mean, by the time we finished up there, it must have been at um, it must have been at um, ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, and there's yeah, no celebrating because uh, you got to sit around drinking. No, no, <laughs> you got to got to do the press conference, and then um, and then I basically went to bed for four hours and. Got a uh, 5 a.m. flight from Lexington back to Philadelphia, and then I was uh, jumping and galloping by about uh, 8.30 the next morning. Wow. So Saturday morning I was back here just working away. Yeah. And, uh, gone are the days where I'd go out on a bender and <laughs> <laughs> come back a couple of days later. It's, uh, I don't know. The, the victories are good. I love, obviously, winning, but it's it, it, as you get older, I think the, the highs, you've got to – Make sure that you it's you don't get too wrapped up in it, and also if things go wrong and you bomb out, you don't hit rock bottom. You know, it's uh, you know I think I've 
sort of figured out the art of sort of leveling everything off. So, yeah. yeah. Do, do, do you check the big the big check on the airplane, or is that is that a carry on? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll take that into the bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. What's give that, that uh, to the teller. Oh, that's, um, What's that maybe? Tropic, tropic. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, uh, Happy the, Gilmore. No. Yeah, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. He's got all yeah. the checks, and, yeah. and then the one Will Ferrell movie with the, the basketball movie. He uh, he he does like a half court shot thing. Uh, and just, just he would give out the big check and tell the guy like, to. <laughs> he's like, the bank won't take my check. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny, funny. So you said no more drinking, so no champagne for you that night. No, to be honest, I usually stop drinking to get ready for the five stars, but um. No, no good comes of it, mate. I, uh, I got no moderation. So I think, um, for me anyway, I, I, uh, I love having a beer, but at the same time, I hate feeling like crap the next day. And, mm-hmm. and, um, I don't miss it, to be honest. Like, I, I enjoy having a beer with my mates and that, but, um, to be honest, I'm in the, you know, I've got a window here of 10 years or whatever to do really good in this. And, and then after that, I'll, drink as much beer as I want. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I got to be, I got to be healthy. You know, like I got kids here that want to be fired up and playing around at the end of the day, and then I'm up really early doing the horses. So, I don't know. I'm not saying that I've never drink again, but it's, uh, I, uh, I've, I've enjoyed the not having the headaches of. Excess consumption. There you go. <laughs> the headaches that come with it, right? For sure. But that's cool. That's cool. Now the Maryland Five Stars just is just over five weeks away, which is amazing. Can't believe it. How exciting is it to be on home turf? It's it's great. I mean, uh, everything I was complaining about going to Tokyo being at a disadvantage in America, I think all of a sudden uh, it's an absolute advantage here. No shipping miles and miles to get to a five star like usually. At this time of the year, we have to go to Burley or Poe mm, to do mm-hmm. a five-star and having one just down the road. And uh, I'm sure that it's going to be a monster uh, a monster track. I think Starks, I mean, he uh, this is his – he's got a, a fresh canvas here, you know, yeah, and right. uh, I think he's as, he's t- he's going to take this this opportunity and, and it's going to be an epic course. I, I hear some of the, the top, top Europeans are coming over uh, with the – you know, great prize money. I think there's three hundred thousand in money, wow. and um, uh, I mean, Fair Hill. I mean, what a epic venue! Like, just perfect rolling hills, good terrain, those rings. Um, you know, I think it's going to be everything we, we we dream of for a competition. Yeah, for sure. We're super excited. Last yeah. year, you did run in the test event. Um, do you think that that's a whole new side? But they're they're kind of keeping that with besides that test event. No one's allowed over there. We snuck on the property once. Yeah, we I did. Mean, I don't. They didn't say we were in trouble, but I think they didn't. weren't too happy with us. We, we revealed a couple of jumps, but all in good fun. But uh, what do you think about that terrain? Did you have you ever get the? Yeah, I mean, I was there last year, but I was on crutches, so oh, uh, so, didn't oh, actually get to ride right. it. Uh, so Philip actually rode my horse around it, and uh, I hadn't had a look around the course. I mean, I, I think it's. Um, I mean, it's just beautiful venue. Rings are great. I think the. When we do, we did a horse trial at Fair Hill a couple of weeks ago, and you can sort of see where they're putting in the five star fences, mm-hmm. and it looks looks bloody ginormous. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> especially you know where I was riding in the prelim, and you know there's, and then there's these five star fences. So I think it's going to be massive. I think it's 
No, I, if I had to guess, Ian Stark would build like an old school 80s, 1980-type crack track, you know, just big jump after big jump. So um, I think having a, a, a big, brave, bold horse is, is, would be key here. Man, that's exciting. Yeah. Now, with this being a brand-new five-star and being late in the year, do you do any different type of training? No, I mean, the the good thing for us is it's about the same time as what we usually did for Hill, Fair Hill Four Star. So for me, I've got a, you know, I know the gallops here really well. I know where, how fit we've got to have our horses, the lead-up events, um, obviously with the AECs, going to try on this weekend. There's plantation the following weekend. There's great events building the horses up to Maryland Five Star. Um, and... Um, and usually at this time of the year, the to get the horses fit, the the ground, the footing's really good. So I think, um, I think it's 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 really going to suit us. That's going to be awesome. But as far as like, so Kentucky's a, a spring, and obviously Maryland's going to be a, a fall event. Is there much difference in? Uh, do you think like Maryland would be great for taking a first time horse, or do you think that matters, or what? What do you? Um... Yeah, it's interesting. Um, well, we haven't seen the course yet, yeah. so. Um, you know, if I was to guess, I would say they're both going to be exceptionally tough events. You know, if you think of of uh, Kentucky, especially this year, that was an, a really tough course, and again, terrain, long way, and um, epic event. And you know, I think I think this is going to be equally as difficult. So, um, yeah, the the first time you do the five stars, <laughs> it's bloody tough. I mean, Lamoulin. To me, he's been like the smaller type one. Um, but then watching that this year would look pretty tough. You know, Burley's obviously a monster track. So Poe's a bit twisty in that. And Adelaide's a bit like Poe. So, um, uh, yeah, I think it, it's, it's, a, it's a big call. You never feel like you're quite ready, yeah. if that makes yeah. any sense. It's yeah. unknown. Yeah, yeah. and Bicton just happened this week. Did you watch it? Yeah, I didn't that? watch it, but it yeah. looked like a massacre. Yeah. Like there was... Uh, I saw that um, half the field had trouble. So, jeez, oh, wow. Um, Rookie, you take notes. Yeah, there? yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't miss anything. Oh, right? you're so, you're, when I listen to your podcast, <laughs> you just rattle away. Yeah. <laughs> so, with with Maryland coming up, um, how busy do you think it's going to be here leading up with all the riders coming in to train? That's great. I think um, you know. Um, I think this uh, area of the Unionville type area um, obviously is, is, is got a, it's a real hub for eventing if you think of Bruce Davidson down the road and Philip Dutton and this place and a number of the top leading riders are in this community and then, um, you know, a couple of my mates from uh, Europe and that finally come over and see where we what it's all about, you know, where, yeah. where we're from and, um, you know, I think that our farm's perfect here. I think we're half an hour away, and so it's. Uh, I think um, there's some uh, top top horses from America are all going to go to Maryland Five Star. So I think it's going to continue this tradition of Fair Hill just being that sort of full epic event that yeah, uh, yeah. everyone uh, sort of finishes their year off at. I never thought about that. So you have like a lot of friends in Europe and all that. that you know, whether they were Australian or just people you met yeah. through competition. You know, there was really unless they came to Fair Hill. For the for the old three star, there was no reason to come here. So this is going to be like you're going to be hosting yeah. a, a bunch of people that finally get to say, "Hey, come and 
check this place out, you know? I yeah. Think, I'm excited. I'm excited. For That'd it. be great. I, I think it's great for um, the sport here in America. I think it's great for this community to have a, an event of this caliber here. Mm-hmm. Um, it really puts sort of this this region on the map. You know, people from all over the world that's interested in eventing all of a sudden is going to learn a little bit about this what are we, is this called the Northeast? Northeast, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah Northeast. I think fly, I think the Europeans, it's going to be luxury. You fly your horses to JFK. Mm-hmm. And what's it, two hours, three hours? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's e- like it's much easier than, I think when the horses fly from Europe to Kentucky, they've got to fly to Chicago and then it, that must be six or seven hours on a bus to, get, so it's an easier, what I'm saying is it's an easier trip for the European horses to get to Fairhill than Kentucky. So. Yeah. And Fairhill's beautiful. I mean, this whole yeah. area is beautiful. Yeah. We love it. We love Especially it. Especially in yeah. the fall. Especially. Yeah, it's beautiful, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the trees go a bit orange. Mm-hmm. And footing's good. And it's sort of a little bit like Kentucky, not as much, but like it's sort of in this horse mecca. You know, if you think of the at Fairhill is the massive training center for the thoroughbreds. There's the gallop track. And then in this region's, you know, famous for the fox hunting and the event. Uh, American event riders that live in this area. So, well, Maryland's going to have, it, it, but uh, Kentucky has, the, you know, the Triple Crown, the mm-hmm. Kentucky Derby, and then and then the Five Star. Now Maryland puts them on par. So yeah. now we have uh, 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 the, the Preakness, which is fi- Triple Crown racing, and also yeah. the, the Maryland Five Star. So this is really putting Maryland, uh, yeah. you know, the horse mm-hmm. the horse industry on, on the map. And then the the impact that I think my thought would be having two Five Stars in America. The the impact. For those championships, has got to be uh, that much. Our competition is going to be that much better. I mean, we're going to have we, we don't have all that travel to go do a five star. I mean, do you think that's a one hundred percent, one hundred percent? I think um, you know, in the past, we've either had to if we wanted to do a full five star year, they did Burley or Po. Both, both, you know, Burley's this monster track. How big? How much money is that just to send a horse? Yeah, to do it's, that? that's the thing though. It's like it's a crippling amount of money. Like to go, you know, you need to come up with sort of twenty or thirty grand wow. to to do it, you know. And so you sort of end up saying, ah, uh, maybe not. Where here you 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 know, cost you a couple hundred bucks, you know, to bring your horse up here. So and that half hour, that thirty minutes from here to there, it was really like we're. I can. I mean, that thirty minutes is nothing. That's basically mm-hmm. local. I mean, that's yeah. next door. You know, yeah, it's going to be great. <clears throat> and yeah. you get to come home, sleep in your own bed. Yeah. Well, sometimes that's uh, for me. Uh, that's um, a challenge. Sometimes you know, like I'm better when I'm locked away and away from distractions. Mm. And the hardest event for me to compete at's plantation because you sort of get racing home, ride some other horses, and mm. uh, teach a lesson, and uh, kids got to do this for the kids and take them to the swimming lesson you know like so i've got to try and manage that part of it if, make sure i've got that sort of intense focus and um y- you know militant style lifestyle leading up to it and through the competition to make sure that you're not sort of living the life of the home life and trying to compete that yeah. was one of the things that surprised me most when like because obviously everyone knows joe, joe works here and uh-huh. we just comment on him right you know, when we started, when Joe first started working here, we had to drive him. He was not old enough to drive. So well, we were here a lot yep. back then. So, you know, the it's, it next, you know, I'm, we're here one plantation weekend and there's Boyd's out in the ring. I'm like, wait a minute. I just saw this guy doing his dressage an hour ago. You know, it's just, I never realized that the lifestyle was so just nonstop. If you're close to home, you're hopping on another horse. That, that was crazy. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's a, 
to be very, very good, I think you've got to have this obsessiveness or this whatever it takes mentality. But I mean, it is a it's a tough balance, you know. You're trying to be a good dad and um, make sure you're d- doing the right thing by your kids, and um, you know, you. I mean, I the staff that work here are just incredible, loyal, hardworking, resilient people. But I mean, there is a, a point where you <laughs> start breaking people's spirit if, they, <laughs> if you know. So it's a They're working on my Labor Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's, uh, you know, for me anyway, I mean, I was sort of been brought up in this system and um, and understand if you want to do something really good, you can't be normal, you know, yeah. and that's the hard thing. And, you know, you can't live this normal lifestyle and then think you're going to be better than everyone else. So it's a, it's a, it's a tricky balance because, you know, the, you, you are one step away from the loony bin sometimes yeah. <laughs> I, I listen to tons of podcasts and you and i've talked but yeah. i listen to tons of podcasts and there's like some kind of business type of successful people out there and i listen to and this one guy said there's no such thing as work-life balance right you know like you just kind of can't be you can't yeah. do what you're doing boy at yeah. the level you're doing it, and really have the balance you know you just have to yeah. squeeze in being a great dad yeah when those opportunities come or it's hard to i mean you there is a party that's got to be quite selfish you know like to put the, the the amount of hours in the training and to get better and to improve the horses you've got to you know you miss kids birthday parties and um you know that you you do sacrifice a lot and miss a lot of things that you know you do feel guilty about not doing so it's a yeah it's a tricky tricky balance yeah now and, and one thing that i think is going to help you at Maryland, stay busy. Is you have a lot of horses going. We checked the entries, and Karen, what do we have? We have how many horses? What, two and a five star, and then a three. Yeah, star. I got two and five star, and one in the. What's there a three star there? Three yeah, star. three star, and then a couple young horses. You're gonna ride. Yeah, them? I don't know if we'll take them, but they're. Uh, we got a couple four year olds that have entered if they, if we think it's worth doing that. So. Gotcha. So you're gonna be pretty busy. Yeah, I probably won't do it all. I'll, we'll no. just see how it goes. Yeah. Gotcha. So Q's pretty much as of right now, she's definitely on the list, though. You say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, she uh, she looked great, I thought, around Kentucky. A bit green, but um, she was good. I mean, the, the great thing about Q is she's a, a galloper, you know, and I think that that um, at these five stars, especially these types of five stars, you need just this this a horse that's got a big step, a big engine, endurance and stamina, and I think that's Q's um, best, best quality. Um, so I think, you know, it's still... It's not a give me, you know. She's been doing really, really well, but uh, you know, th- this uh, degree of difficulty at these five stars is, you, you know, you can't mis- make mistakes. Uh, any mistake, you'll pay. So it's sort of, you know, I'm quietly confident that I've got the right animal, but I've still got a fair bit of work in the preparation, and um, and then on the day, like we said before, you've got to you've got to give them a superb ride. Yeah. Very cool. So mm-hmm. we're excited for that Merlin Five Star. I know. I can't wait. You know, can't fun wait. fact: Karen and I, when we when we thought about starting Major League Eventing, we we specifically were like, we are we have got to start it now. Like the preparation time mm-hmm. is done because we wanted to be up and running and established by Merlin. So so when Merlin Five Star was approved, it was before it was ever approved, and we mm-hmm. were like. And we lobbied for it. We we really worked hard, kind of mm-hmm. behind the scenes, trying to help get it going. So we're so thrilled, and and we're you know we're work, we're a media partner now with Maryland Five Star. So we're super excited. We're going to be there yeah. all weekend, yep. and we're going to have uh, Thursday and Friday. We're going to have a little booth, so we'll be Great. there, kind of you know, giving away free stuff and 
just uh, and then Saturday, Sunday will be, you know, shaking babies and kissing hands. You know, PR, <laughs> 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 oh, a little yeah. bit of little this, little that. You know, hobnobbing <laughs> with the dignitaries. Yeah, so, you know. Well, there'll be there'll be a lot of new faces there, riders wise. So you should yeah. uh, nab a few of them. For super, yeah. super excited. Can't wait. You play your cards right. You come by the booth. Maybe we we'll get you a hat. Maybe a cup. All right, like new beauty. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, we do have some winter hats coming for the for the window. Yes, we do. So, Is that right? Yep. Yeah, 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 good so for you. We we'll get you a little. The Windora team is going to have all new winter caps. So. <laughs> I think we gave them to them like two years ago. They're probably yeah. worn out by now. Yeah, right? they're probably holes and rat holes in them. Yeah. <laughs> well worn. So, hey, uh, you know, last, last order of business around here, you have a lot going on. We're sitting next to, you know, between the dressage ring and now you got this new indoor arena going yeah, up. Which is uh, beautiful. It's gorgeous. What's uh, Tell us a little bit about that and what's going on here. I mean, it's uh, obviously a uh, farm's. Uh, our life livelihood a bit. So we Silver and I got this farm in 2011. It was a, a corn farm, and it was sort of designed to have about five horses here. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun actually. Obviously, uh, it's a it's a labour of love. It's a it's a massive debt to take on, and uh, you know we're very very proud of the you know to be you know I think a, a top training facility in the country. We've got um, a great cross country schooling course. Uh, we've got a, a great mile-long gallop track, uh, good jumping ring, round pen, and dressage ring. And I think the the thing missing was the those days where it's just pouring with rain or snowing or hailing and um, or the really really hot days. Um, it's really hard to to work the horses properly. And so we you know came up with the idea of building this indoor riding ring. And um, yeah, it's massive. It's uh, let's see, it's it's a it's, uh, 100, 100 feet wide, 225 feet long. Wow. Um, we sort of tried to make it like a covered ring, you know, in summer, like, you know, when you go to Florida. Uh, so massive windows that on a hot day at this time of the year, the wind will blow through it and then there's sort of roller doors that come down for the winter. Uh, we wanted it really light, so we got skylights in there. Um, Atwood's doing the foot, footing and it's a new system where – um, the watering system comes from underneath the the sand, so oh, it's uh, wow. import from Germany, where the, the the you can actually get the ring water while you're riding on it. So it's uh, that oh, you can wow. control the the moisture of the sand, which is going to be great. Um, and you know, it's a it's a tough one. It's a massive amount of money, obviously, and and it's hard to justify. Like it's not like we can charge more for lessons or training or anything like that it's more that we can do what we feel that we can do a a better job with the horses in on the rough days and i think you know with the with this sport eventing and dressage is is you know we hope to be doing it by the time we're 60 years old so if you can make it a little bit more pleasant um and bearable on um in the winter months or whatnot um hopefully uh we, we can go a bit longer so it's uh yeah, it's terrifying to take something like this on because a uh, big shout out to the National Bank of Malvern uh, <laughs> who uh, have supported Silver and I through all of our crazy ideas of improving this farm. So um, they're a, a great bank and a great support um, to uh, to sort of, we've got this dream of this property and uh, we're, we're slowly but surely getting there. My, my stable block, as you can see, there's still looking uh, prehistoric. Uh, <laughs> Is that is that something that down the road you'd like to? Well, we I 
for the listeners, I, I bought um, 28 stalls for $10,000 cash off someone that was in prison <laughs> uh, after our barn burnt down in 2011. And uh, I told Silver it'd be like one or two years max. And that was uh, nine years ago. And uh, they're, they're great stables, actually. The horses love them because it's, uh, it's basically uh, prefabricated stalls just put out beside each other with a big long aisle way and uh this time of the year they, they, the horses love it but it's it, once it starts raining or snowing it's absolutely miserable so uh, eventually we'd like to to get a permanent stable attached to the indoor so that you could actually oh, wow. in the winter you could just stay indoors all day so that'd be nice that'd be nice well that so that'll help actually extend your jumping too right into if, if, if yeah and that's a hard thing for getting the horses fit in um december you know, in it's it's been because our outdoor ring freezes, um, so I think we'll be able to do a bit more jumping in December and um, and flat work. And then I got to say, with the horses that are coming back from injury, I think being able to walk them and slowly re- rehabilitate them in an enclosed area is a lot safer than the icy roads and yeah. the driveway. You know, <laughs> uh, we've been lucky; we haven't had any serious uh, injury from that, but. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's going to be really, really awesome, and it's something we're going to appreciate every day when we're training away. So, do you think? Uh, I mean, most of your property is open for people to come and pay to utilize. Do you think that's going to be something reserved for the Windora staff? No, I mean, I'm uh, I owe too much money. I think if anyone wants to, to bring their <laughs> horse here and use it, we would gladly accept. Uh, uh, I mean, we've been lucky with the the cross country schooling, Rob. That is initially I just designed it for our own horses in training and the gallop track and. Um, we've lucked out a bit that people from the community or even like today, people from Virginia and New York drove their horses here to cross country school. And it's been a, a good sort of side income. And to be honest, I, I enjoy having people here. It's, um, I, uh, I thrive off energy of other riders and, um, you know, I feel like if I was just riding around by myself, you know, motivation's tough, but, you know, these young kids that are getting up in the dark in the morning and you look out your window and they're already riding, it sort of spurs you on. So I uh, I enjoy having other people training here and, um, you know, we've got Leslie Law coaching the developing riders here on Wednesday and Thursday wow. and, you know, Peter Wilde's here teaching um, a lot. Eric Devand is here a lot. and um, There's a lot happening, so I think it's, it's it's great fuel for me, the younger guys that work for me. I think it's awesome for them to be rubbing shoulders with Philip Dutton, cross-country schooling, and, you know, I, I, I think it's good energy from both sides. Man, yeah. that's exciting. It's got to feel good when people are going to drive all the way from Virginia to come school here. That's, yeah. They're passing a lot of farms on the way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, it's, a, it's a tricky thing, you know, with cross-country schooling is you want to – you've got to have the right jumps, like, and then they've got to be set – sort of how you think that they're going to be set at the competitions and then there's a little bit different to competition you maybe build the distances slightly shorter just because you're when you're at a competition you're at full gallop and having someone setting the jumps to the perfect distances or ideal education for the horse i think is important and um so that's me you know like you can't get the the farm guy to set the jumps so it's i'm out there in the evenings on the tractor and tweaking everything and i think that's one of the small things that set us apart from other schooling courses is that people know that um the, the courses 
set by someone that hopefully knows what they're doing and knows what the you know the events are expecting um, coming up you know I sort of know in the back you know when you go to Great Meadow you know there's going to be a big drop to a narrow so you can sort of set that up and um, you know at Fair Hill there's going to be a mega coffin so we've got four or five coffins here that you can sort of set the fences up and um, that's good you got you got so much. It's amazing yeah. out there, and the fact that you write all this stuff. I mean, people know it's kind of like yeah. uh, I used to work on helicopters, and it's like you right. know, when you get done working on it, you know, if you're going to hop on the helicopter, you make right. sure that yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about schooling cross country being set just a little bit closer, being mm-hmm. that you're you're you know you're maybe not at quite the the full gallop. That's that's interesting. I think I I don't know. I like those little tidbits of knowledge that you that you just kind of yeah. It's hard to. I mean, you you want to build you want to build the hard combination so it rides well and the horses get a good experience but then you don't want to make it too perfect either they, i think part of the cross-country design is that the horses have to learn to think for themselves and you know the design of the jumps i think it's important we get eric bull to build all the jumps they've got to be safe that if there's a bit of a mistake that it's not a catastrophic mistake so the, the design of the jumps are important lots of brush um you know, I think the turf is important. We have free mushroom compost here in Pennsylvania. So, uh, and then I got one. Um, the property manager just loves that cross country course, and he thrives on mowing and weed whacking, and it's like a a golf course out there. So he's very, very proud of it too. So that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. When you when you get a horse ready for a five star or an advanced out there on your cross country, mm. how how much are you schooling an actual advanced or five star height element? So what I try and do is I there's obviously there's a couple advanced size jumps, but I in my feeling and my belief is that the bulk of the the biggest jumps, the bulk of them are prelim jumps. By saying that you can put a you know, to me a prelim jump at the edge of the water when you're schooling where you're stopping and starting and not hyped up on on adrenaline, that, that rides body big, you know, and then also putting a, a novice fence or a novice narrow on top of a mound rides like a prelim jump you know and so what i try and come up with is what jumps are like five star lines like a you know a jump over a mound three strides down the hill over a corner bending left turn to a narrow if you build them out of training fences or prelim jumps and have it in a way that you can jump part c and then part b to c then do the hard part I think the horses thrive on the confidence and understanding and something little can go wrong, like the horse can stumble or spook and whatever, and the jumps are a little bit easier in height, smaller in height, that they'll still get through the exercise unscathed and that creates confidence. Where you, you, I think tipping a horse over or giving it a fright or a scare can do more harm than good. So I think it's important when I'm placing the jumps that they're hard enough but you know like not jumping massive jumps into the water or the the jumps on top of the mounds in front of the ditches aren't really massive that the horse can sort of have a spook and you know get get in and over it okay you know so it's a there's a real sort of subtle science behind making sure the horses come here i get confidence and understanding and uh, the riders also get a feel of how what it should feel like and wow um and plus, it's sort of my hobby a bit too. Like I enjoy going out there and putting the earphones on and and um, you know playing around with different things and um, 
and enjoy watching people improve their horses out there. Yeah. And a lot of instructors come here and teach their students, and I, I, I enjoy seeing those guys out here. And it's cool. It's very rare yeah. we, we come by and there's nobody out yeah, there or no very trailers rare. or anything. And I count the heads. I say, well, that's 60. I owe so much money at the moment, so do I. So. <laughs> So come on out, right? Yeah, We're yeah, open for yeah, business yeah, at Windor. Yeah, yeah. We had some tornadoes come through the area that you guys didn't have any problems. Yeah, with. well, the, I don't know, a bit of our track washed away, but um, Atwood's such a great company. They're, uh, you know, as soon as they heard our track got washed, the sand got washed out, they're sending crew up already to oh, patch yeah, it up. Nice. They're a fantastic. fantastic company. Atwood, we've got, had all of our rings uh, designed and built by Atwood and um, really, really good, good, good company that sort of follow up service. Which yeah. a lot of the other guys don't. They build build the ring, and you never hear of them again. So. I'm, I'm curious. Have you ever tallied like the square footage of Atwood Arena yeah. surface? You I don't want to think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a mile long uh, track, a dress size ring, twenty by sixty. Um, the outdoor ring, outdoor jump ring, yeah. new indoor ring with the special water. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot, Karen. That's a lot. Chingaling. <laughs> you need to come more than big checks. <laughs> It'd be um. There'd be some about sixty horses a day work here though. Six things: wow. silvers, dressage horses, my event horses. Lillian's got a barn here with her crew, and then the Shramo um, can ride here from his farm, and then all the people that ship in and use the place. So there's, um, I think it's important to have good footing, good jumps. Um, you know, people come here knowing it's top training. So that's right. incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So the fencing, which is electric tape fencing in my barn that looks like Viet Cong, uh, <laughs> is the, the part that still needs to improve. You know, yeah. but your your fencing, I never your pat your 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 paddocks and pasture, they all look I mean, they're all kept very well. They're not those mm. saggy yeah, you know, no, you see them barns no, with the saggy stuff. Good. There's no, there's no sagging stuff. I don't know. Uh, they, do you ever have trouble with horses like running through the fence or anything? No, no, no. This, I mean, it's, it, it, um, it's sort of. This is the fencing you have in Australia, so it's just electric tape fencing, and we don't have any horses get injured in it. They, they get zapped if they lean on it, and uh, the, the fields have got plenty of grass in them, so they've got no reason to want to climb out. So, yeah. Um, Besides your retirement paddock, pretty much everything here is getting exercised every day, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's important to have good turnout. And, um, no, we're lucky. It's a, a great, great property, and uh, yeah, top level dressage horses and event horses. Speaking so. of turnout, there, there was actually a little while ago there was a big debate on turnout. How, how much turnout do your horses get generally? Would you say? And they all get turned out. Um, so there's a, the wild ones actually live outside at night, and then they in the stables during the day. When I say the wild ones, the high energy ones, I like to have. Out walking around all in the evening um, and through the night, and then all of um, all the horses go out in the field during the daytime. So. Gotcha. Hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Keep yes. them. Keep them. They're horses, you know. They yeah. Gotta- yeah, and I think that like that's the hard thing, you know. Like when you're talking about going to Tokyo, like poor old Thomas, that's used to being out all days. You know, went five weeks of being locked up and just hand grazing. So mm. yeah. Yeah, that's poor guy. Mentally, you know, that's got to be. Th- yeah, it gets. Yeah, I think that exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. Well, Karen, what do you think? This is a fantastic. It always is. Another another good update. Thank yeah. you so much yeah, for, thank you. for spending so much yeah, time with us. Happy to do it, guys. We know you're super busy and, uh, you know, you just got back the other day, but we just wanted to try to catch up with you. Say congratulations. Thank and, you. And uh, we're just thrilled for you and best of luck in Maryland. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Good to see you. 
Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Eventing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Eventers, on Facebook. Cheers! <laughs>